You're listening to the 9010 rule. 90% business, 10% music. Today on the 9010 rule, we talk about the relationship between the artist and the producer. But first this. Zaddy. Zaddy. I saw these shoes down on Rodeo I really want to get. You trying to go? <laughs> Zaddy. I know you know, I know you know, you know you balling. Oh, uh, <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Okay. Zaddy. Zaddy gon' pull up and he gon' fuck you all night. Ay, you know Zaddy, there ain't nothing right. Ay, she got Zaddy running up a budget on her. Ay, she got Zaddy running up a budget on her. She keep on calling me Zaddy. She keep on calling me Zaddy. She keep on calling me Zaddy. That little baby got a fatty. She keep on calling me Zaddy. She keep on calling me Zaddy. She keep on calling me Zaddy. Tell her baby got a fatty. Tell her baby got a fatty. Said she wanna come to Cali. Bounce came from Miami. I was laid off a. She keep on calling me Zaddy. Little baby got a fatty. Little baby got yummies. Think she ain't got on no panties. Think she ain't got on no panties. She keep on calling me Zaddy. I eat it, I eat it, I beat it up. Ask me why that is so nasty. She keep on calling me Zaddy. I give it a D, I give it a D. She calling me Zaddy. Hey, Zaddy gon' pull up and he gon' fuck you all night. Hey, you know Zaddy, there ain't nothing right. Hey, she got Zaddy running up a budget on her. Hey, she got Zaddy running up a budget on her. She keep on calling me Zaddy. She keep on calling me Zaddy. She keep on calling me Zaddy. Tell her baby got a fatty. That was Ty Dolla Sign with Zaddy here on the 9010. Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Jordan, Brian Jennings, and myself, Kevin Davis, we are the 9010 Rue, and welcome to another episode. And you know what? You see, he already got the applause. See, because we started, we always do this. We like start talking before we start recording, and then like. I want the sounds. I want the sounds. I know you guys say the sounds are corny, but next (laughs) next time I want some sound. I want some side effects. Side effects. I want sound effects effects or side effects. Both, but I would like sound effects. (laughs) What's your drug of choice? I want sound effects. She just did the the applause there, the the crowd, and nobody heard her. She's too far from the mic. So, (laughs) listen to what she did. She went "Ah," in the mic, but nobody heard her. You gonna tweak it up? Wait till wait till (laughs) wait till the next show. Right. (laughs) Even if it's just on my name. All right. So check. What you you well you said something a second ago. Right. uh, About like well the quality of music because I feel like everybody and people say this too like the the technology has changed the way that that people use the tools to create the music. Right. Does that make sense? Right. All right. So, but, and I think it's obvious in terms of producers, but I also think that songwriters and rappers are do it as well. They guilty of the same shit. Well, I think that the taste of the consumer is changed. Like, you know, like we were talking, like, it, it's, it, no, but it is. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I mean, we're, we're looking at like entire, we, we grew up on classic songs, like not even even before our time, before that, our parents and even, you know, grandparents. If you listen to like a Commodore's or a Temptations record, even if it was a a single that was, you know, like a, a, a My Girl, there's a lot of beautiful instrumentation in the music. Mm-hmm. And then if, you know, as you move throughout the years, if you compare that to like a Candy Girl, where there's like, you know, like the little synthesizer, like it became very, you know, music has changed and now we don't expect that. So now there is a backlash, especially for producers, I think, because that's, you know, we're we're, um, kind of focusing on them today. And 
it's no longer the era of the Quincy Jones that would have sit down that knew how to read music, that knew how to compose, put together full piece orchestras, you know, a full orchestra to come in and and play behind a, a, an artist. Now it's like some you know nineteen year old kid with a with a Mac and a couple of programs who knows nothing about music but is able to do a loop that rappers like and it you know and and the consumer likes it. So are they wrong? Are they you know, less talented or has the consumer's taste just changed? Well, here's what I think. But like when I when I hear you say that the consumer's taste has changed, mm-hmm. what I hear you saying, but not in the same way, is that we've gotten away with selling bullshit <laughs> and, the, and the consumer hasn't complained about it because we just sold it to kids. No, I think the right? kids... Because did... like Quincy Jones and, mm-hmm. and Four Tops and all of that, this, we're talking about timeless music. That, like, and the, the effort that they use to make those records and, and the, the techniques that can be used to make new records, that stuff hasn't changed. Like music hasn't created any new notes or, or like new song structure or anything. It might be a different style. It might be a different sound. But what goes into producing a quality record is still the same. Whether you're using Fruity Loops or you have a, a, a full orchestra. Yeah, I disagree. That- I, I think that we are, this generation, they don't have time to listen to an orchestra. They want, it's, it, the music is different. The songwriting is different. There's no Diane Warren type beautiful ballads. I mean, at least we're talking about urban music right now. Okay. That's not what the consumer wants. They want something that's very simple, very easily di- digestible, and it, it may not be as complicated as, as you know, a four-piece, of a, a full band. I just don't, I don't think that, I don't think the consumer wants that. I think it's a Snapchat, Instagram, something quick and fast. There's not even room for that. I think that there's a conflict. Uh, I think that the listeners are conflicted, and, um, the reason why is because they're not sure. I don't think that the listeners don't want that. I don't agree with you. I think that they don't have time to wait on it. They want a lot of music really fast. Mm-hmm. They, you know, hey, what are, you working on what are you working on now? What mm-hmm. you, what's the last song? How long are you going to be before you put another single out? Like, we right. wait on the single. So the time that it takes to develop something like what you're talking about with instrumentation and, like, mm-hmm. you know, session musicians who are, you know, work really hard and they want to get a, the perfect mix and the perfect recording. I think that the consumers are just not willing to wait that long. They want more of whatever you got. If you're good, we want more of it. We want you to just keep filling our ears with it. So I think that the, it's not that they don't like instrumentation. They don't want, you know, fully produced songs. It's just that they're not willing to wait on the payoff. They, you know, just give us, a, give us 100 payoffs <laughs> that are pretty good as opposed to us having to wait a year on one payoff. I, see, I don't know if music is that is that complicated. I think people music is a feeling, right? So, like for me, probably my favorite one of my favorite hip hop artists is, is Jeezy. It's it's a feeling. I'm not even thinking. I don't want this or I don't want that. The music feels there's a there's a there's a presence to it. It feels it has all the aggression and the the energy. If you're getting ready to work out or you need to tackle something, you feel that, you know. So I don't think that that I don't think your your brain is set up to really discriminate on anything other than that feels good or this doesn't feel good when it comes to music. I think it's very simple. I think... mm, Go Go ahead. Go ahead. I I was about to... You going somewhere a different direction? Kind of. Okay, well, let me say this. I think that it it is a very complex process, actually. I think that, you know what I'm saying, your brain just leaves you out of it. (laughs) But I think there's a lot that goes into it. For instance, when you go to church, you don't know... Okay, Well, you know what? Let's not go to church yet. When you're watching a scary movie, because I know y'all are gonna hate on me on church, but when y'all <laughs> when you're watching a scary movie, mm-hmm. there's a certain um, relationship between the high and the low mm-hmm. that creates something in you. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple to to you, right. but your mind is there's, there's something complex about the way those notes go together. Same thing when you go to church. Um, there are certain chord progressions, and there are certain things that their harmonic tension is what make that hair the hair stand. I know you thought it was the Holy Ghost. But it's really the chord progression. Did he really just do that? There's, right? there's, there's, <laughs> there's science behind it, and I mean, right, you know, it, it's right. not simple at all. Right. It's, it's, it seems simple, mm-hmm. and I think the music, the way, and the way that's digested, it feels like it's very simple, especially the way it's being done now. And I, I just the, the point I was making was I don't think that the consumers are dumb. I just think they want more f- sooner, and that's why it becomes an issue of should I take five days on this or should I just do a beat in ten minutes. But you know what, like Crystal just said, one of her favorite rappers is Jeezy, right? right? 
I don't know anybody that wants to listen to 10 diet Jeezys in the meantime that I, I think that people would rather wait. Like, he got a new new mixtape, Get Rain Drop. Yes, he does. I think people are rather like, all right, yeah, I'm going to just wait on, on Jeezy. Mm-hmm. I might not listen to Lil Yachty or one of those guys because that ain't, that ain't what I... What I need That that and, consumer Will wait on Jeezy but Right And Jeezy's a, not an artist That uses a lot of Live instrumentation no, Either No I think if you have Fruity Loops You can still do the work To pre- fully produce a song Like that Absolutely People have just been Getting by They've been getting by With doing less I think there, there's a There's a scarlet letter on, on Fruity Loops Or FL Studio But I think that The problem is that Because FL Studio Has made it um, So easy to put together something, even though it's not much of anything, it's made it so easy to put together something that most people assume that anybody who's using that software is going to put together just something. Whereas FL Studio actually has the ability to be quite sophisticated. And I know a few producers who put together mm-hmm. like really, really complex, structured productions in Fruity Loops or FL Studio. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... Any producer will tell you that it's not about the tools that you're using. It's about the producer. It's the ear that they have. It's the the talent, that what they inject into it, you know? Right. So FL Studio got a bad name, but it is also the problem. It's the gift and the curse because anybody who just has enough money to, or not even money, can get a crack version, can put together something that would, that mimics a song. I don't know if it would necessarily be a song, but it mimics what a song is. And you're technically a producer once you do that. I can't blame the tool though. I think Fruity Loops is cool, or, or what, a Garage Band, or, or whatever it is. Like I, I think, and and I don't know if you heard that term, Pepcac. The problem exists between the chair and computer. Nope, so it's the it's the user. Say that again. <laughs> problem exists between the chair and computer. Is that the same letters you said? I don't know. It's some nerd shit. Okay. I was right. like, whoa. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was nerd tech shit. Like people say that. So basically, what you're saying is operator error. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Like if you don't know how to use <laughs> if if you have the tools right. and you don't know how to use those tools to the best of their ability, right. that's not the tool's fault. Right. It's yours. Right. But that's not what I was saying. What I was saying was FL Studio allows people to make complex things, but it also allows people with almost no talent to get in the game and seemingly be as talented. If to the unsophisticated listener, mm-hmm. that's but, all. I'm- but isn't that isn't that growth? That's like the basketball rim that lowers to seven feet and and raises to ten feet. Mm. You know what I mean? So you can you can start out at your level, right? And as you grow and become uh, and need more or and push yourself more, then the tool will grow with you and allow you to do what you're doing. Right. But if you can make a hit record at seven feet with you know with little you know, a, a knowledge of instrumentation, then I think a lot of these kids, are, you know, will do it. We're talking about producers nowadays that are very young, um, that aren't, you know, the, the normal band geeks that used to be producers. Mm-hmm. Sorry if that offended anyone, but I mean, most music producers from back in the day and songwriters were, were band nerds. They yeah. were. They were. About band geeks. They, I mean, Okay, but they were band You're nerds. Like one time in band camp, like that person? No, like the I person that, that played. That, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. No, but I mean, I think it's very different. I, I mean, think, I played instruments in school. I don't think I was, I was a nerd. See, this is you all are, about Brian not wanting to be a band yeah. nerd. This is all about Brian not wanting to be a band nerd. But you see, insecurity came out. I, know, I don't like, think that I was. You're just like fighting <laughs> for all technically, <laughs> technically, I don't think I was a nerd. According was, to my calculations. John Wilson, that right, guy. Right. I wasn't a nerd. I was just, I was the cool band guy. Exactly. Exactly, I was. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so today we're talking to a producer. We have the Honorable C-Note that's going to be joining us here, I guess, in a bit. And and I know my daughter wants to be a producer. She's a really big fan of Metro Boomin, as Future's, I guess, DJ or, you know, producer of choice. And they're, a lot of them are young. They're, they're, it's just a very different style of production than, you know, music had maybe 10 or 15 years ago but I think these guys are talented and I think they know what their generation they have an ear for their generation but you know what like when I hear when I hear interviews with a lot of the young rappers Mm -hmm. they're like one the hosts are already gunning for them right right like I'll be fair and say that the the hosts of these shows I feel like they're kind of gunning for the younger artists but especially because they've never been artists and they don't understand. So they just, they're used to being music critics in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but what I'm hearing a lot of the young rappers saying is, well, as long as, you know, I make a record that is jamming and the people like it, then so what? And so from from that perspective, what I hear them doing, and actually a lot of engineers are the ones that are putting these songs together because they're not writing. They're not, like, a lot of them are not writing down, oh, here's what I want to say in this order, right? They're going in the booth, freestyling with whatever comes to the top of their head, and then they're comping the best takes and, and putting that in certain pockets. Like, they didn't write a bridge. They made a bridge off of the different freestyles. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So, I don't even know where the hell I'm going with that. Like, it, it, well, I, that was what I was saying in, in terms of, like, the songwriters and the producers <laughs> doing the same shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> it was a good point, though. I mean, I don't know where you went either, but... Yeah, I, I was so focused on my point, I forgot what the hell was coming next. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so we had you, Brian. When I when you were listening to you, you listened to some of the records that um that we know the Honorable C Note has done. Yes. What do you think? What would you say? Because to me, I'm not gonna lie. They all a lot of the songs you you know it it's like I don't know if it's trap music or it's like it's it's. It's aggressive hip hop, what yeah. it is, but they sound, you know, you know that sound. I don't know right. how to describe it, but he definitely seems to have his finger on the pulse of that, a lot, you know, and and his work with a lot of the artists that are that are doing stuff hot. What would what's your take on what you heard, and what would you say? I think he'd probably say trap music also, but um, I think what's unique about Honorable C Note is that he he has an ear for the other stuff. Like I know that it's trap music, but if you listen to if you if you remove the vocals from it and just pull it out of the way, there's 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 some depth to it. There's something else that's going on. I think that's really important um, when you're trying to brand yourself as a producer, but an artist. Because, I mean, you know, these days you have to brand yourself as an artist. You can't just be the guy in the background. You know, right. producers, you know, I think Timberland ruined it for everybody. You have to be kind of the guy who's willing to get on the mic if you have to, but you have a personality that's, that's you know, that's part of it. It's part of the music. And I think that you can hear his personality come through in the tracks. Um, and like I say, there's a lot of depth to it. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of interesting sounds that he uses without, you know, without staying true to the trap genre. Right. And that may be why he's having a lot of success overseas. You know, we know that he's got a big following over there, you know, as well as, as, as over here. And that could be because I think, I think the overseas consumer does pick up on that. You know, because there's certain artists they really tap into and then some they don't. Overseas is yeah. completely, completely, they are very sophisticated listeners. Mm-hmm. They know all of our old stuff. They know right. all of our new stuff. It I remember, doesn't get old to them. If it's classic, they don't look at it that way. They still tour. The other art, the other older mm-hmm. artists still mm-hmm. tour in, in Europe quite often. But there was a there was an interesting thing that happened to me one time when I was a teenager. I was working at Sam Goody and Underground. And um, because it was underground, tourists were in there all day long. And these two white kids from, I can't even, I couldn't even tell you what country it was, but it was, you know, somewhere, you know, I don't even know, Southern Europe. But um, they come in and they're, um, they're telling me about this record, this song, you know, they want, they were singing, they were rapping the song to me. I'm like, man, I've never heard this, right? <laughs> and I consider myself to know everything about music at the time. You know, I listened to everybody, but they were rapping these lyrics and it was like song after song. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So we walked through, and he didn't know how to say it in English, the, the name of the album. So we kind of walked through some of the newer releases or whatever. It was uh, Compton's Most Wanted, but he knew like every song, word for word, but he couldn't tell me what the album was. I guess he couldn't translate it or something, so I couldn't look it up on the computer. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of it. But this, these little white kids knew every lyric in English. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And they, it was Compton's Most Wanted? Compton, <laughs> Compton's Most Yo, Wanted. Like... <laughs> and this was in 93, 94? <laughs> but that's see, and that you you kind of prove my point. But that's why I say that music music itself has not changed. Right. Just because people have been getting by with with not putting in a, a necessarily a full effort, right. or going completely through the process. Well, not everybody. Some people are still putting in a lot of work. Yeah, some people yeah. are. Some people are. But I, I think that notably that and what gets talked about, I, I'll say it that way. Yeah, what gets talked about most is the artists that aren't doing it right everybody wants to talk about like i see memes on social media all the time where you know people are especially these young rappers mm. yeah <laughs> but, but who are putting out those memes like older bittered embittered <laughs> people that are mad because they're the tide has changed i don't know if older people do memes 
I, I, I mean, older compared to them because oh, I mean, okay. we're on so Instagram like, and we're older, so yeah. But I don't do. I, I don't think I've ever. You don't really engage, but I mean, I do think that I do think there's a often there's a reluctance to pass the torch. Yeah. You know, but that's that's yeah. only in urban. I think that's only, it is, in urban. It is only in urban, and it's because we're not celebrated in our age. Right, that's true. When we get a little older, we're not celebrated at all. In fact, we're disrespected. That's true. So I think that that's a that's something that probably needs to start from the bottom up. Believe it or not, which is crazy because how would you expect the kids to know it? But I don't think it's going to work unless the kids. Well, it's not, but that's the funny thing because I was I was talking with a producer and a couple of songwriters, and they called Babyface a dinosaur. Wow, it freaked me out. I was just like, what did you just, what did you just say? <laughs> wow. What did you just say? Babyface is not a dinosaur. He's a legend. Like, those are two very different right. terms that should never be spoken. Like, you should never mix those two up, but they didn't get it. Right. And I think there's, there's, um, there's disrespect probably on both sides because I don't think that, I don't think that the generation that has passed and accomplished everything, I don't think they embrace and nurture new talent. Um, I think a lot of times... They want to, they, they are so, they're so afraid of being pushed out. They want to hold on to their spot. And I think the newer generation, even if you look at like Thug and, 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 and Rich Homie Kwan and even like Yachty, they, they really don't like, it's like, if y'all like it, it's cool. But if y'all don't fuck with us, we cool. Like we, right. we got our own little crew. And if the older heads don't, don't, don't get it, they, they're not really waiting, you know? Yeah, but I I still see certain art I still see certain artists reaching back not for their benefit. Like I think uh, there's some artists use it. Like some artists will use whoever is hot right now. Like okay, so you got a hot record, so I'm gonna jump on the remix and I'm a I'm a big you up, but I'm really trying to stay relevant. Right, right. There's that they're close thing. to the hotness, yeah. But I also th- right, but I think there's also certain artists that. That do reach back and mentor and teach and groom. Like I don't hear Kendrick Lamar or Schoolboy Q being disrespectful to right. Dr. Dre or right. Snoop. Right. Right. You know well, what I'm Kendrick saying? They respect is, the homies. I mean, but yeah, Kendrick's a different type of rap, but that's a different right. type of artist. Than- okay. So what about um Kanye? What about Kanye? How he go back and and he'll do something with a lot of, like with designer. A lot of people don't like designer. <laughs> yeah. But Kanye was like, all right, I'm gonna stand up for dude. Yeah. Uh Kanye's uh He's not a real person. So I don't think <laughs> how about use this? Him. How about this? I'm gonna come out of left field. All right. So, you would you guys agree that R&B has really turned into a, a meld of hip hop, urban? It's all one thing now. There isn't right. really a differentiator There's between no R&B. R&B and hip hop. No, there is no agree? R&B. I think R&B is dead. I think hip hop killed it. Okay. And I, I think that because you got to look at it, it became R&B was no longer cool. Because a lot of the the male songwriters, you know, singers started wanting to be like the rappers. Right. So you have like Chris Brown, I think, is is like on the crux of that because I, he's more like a rapper, but yet he sings. But yet right. his whole persona and energy is definitely not like right. You know, a Marvin Gaye. Right. Okay. <laughs> he's more like a rapper. Would you agree though? I mean, I don't know if you say hip hop killed R and B, but would you agree that there's a a really hard? It's not easy to differentiate between the two. I I, w- I would agree with that because a lot of the a lot of the rappers are singing and a lot of the singers are rapping. Okay, it's melodic hip hop. Yeah. So, so how about this then? Let me come out of left field. We all know because we were alive during the time that it happened. Hip hop basically started with bragging. Mm-hmm. I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. You suck. This is why I'm cool. This is how I do it. Sit down somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if hip hop, even in its newest state, has now taken over what used to be. R&B slash hip hop Now it's just all Pretty much just one thing Where does that leave room For Babyface Crystal Where does You know where If, if, if we're talking about a, a, a genre Or an art form That celebrates people Who are braggadocious And who say Fuck what you got going on This is why I'm the best If, if that's what the art form is How is there ever Going to be room For Babyface And why wouldn't he be A dinosaur Well I, I mean that, that makes a lot of sense But I also think that With Old school hip hop, and this sounds crazy to to say that. Speaking when I name some of the people I'm thinking about, there was still a code of like respect. So if you you know people like Big Daddy Kane and then and and Busta Rhymes when the, the, you know when younger artists came out all through the '90s and I think even up to the early 2000s, there was still a level of respect there. But I'm not really sure what happened after. Um, 
you know, the, the almost like the Tupac and Biggie thing. It just there the, the respect level just totally dissipated because I do think even though rap was born in a braggadocious, you know, it's very very show it's very very male dominated and 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 all that all that energy that's there. But there was still a level of respect for talent. There was still a, a level of respect for, um, you know, being the best and really honoring. The 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 art form, and I, I you know I I think I've told you this before, but I work when working with Chuck D, he said that hip hop was in trouble because the art form was taken and given to hustlers, and they didn't respect the brand, and now it's not even really what hip hop was meant to be. So I think the way that hip hop, we've gotten totally off track with the producers, but how hip hop was supposed to be, what it was, well in its inception, there was room for respect, right? You know, and now, I don't know where we I don't know where we are today. But you know, I think I think that things began to change when I want to say labels started telling rappers that their lead single had to have a singer on the hook, and they started telling singers that they had to have a rapper on the song on the bridge or something. Yeah, like they started they it, it, because it did used to be R and B and hip hop. And when it was like that, there was each had its own identity, right? Whether you were PM Dawn or DMX, you had your identity, right? And but it was when things started to merge, when it it really when it became one genre, and that also gets credit to the South. And Crystal, this is how it, this is how it it deals with what we were talking about because the production, I think, is what is what ushered that in the the New York hip hop beats. Those weren't really good beats. Even back in the day, even in the 90s, they weren't really that great at beats. They came down south and they started getting those R&B-laced rap tracks. And then it was, a, yeah. you know, if you take the rapper off a lot of the rap tracks, it could be either one. It was very funky. It was very, you know what I'm saying? It had a lot of groove to it, a lot of soul to it. So it wasn't really rap music anymore. It, you know what? It was definitely a, a financial change, now that I think about it, too. Because I remember, like, Big Boy had that record... Um, I like the way you move. Right. Right? With Sleepy on the hook. Mm. Genius. Love that record. The video was even better. Right? <laughs> but because there a was a toy. Of course. <laughs> I'm not Abs- mad. Absolutely. However, all right, I digress. The um yeah, you done brought her up and threw my concentration. <laughs> you see how easy right. that <laughs> big big boy. Love the song. Right. Uh, love the video. <laughs> but radio stations, a lot of radio stations as Popular as that record was, a lot of radio stations wouldn't play it because Big Boy was on it. He had to make a different version of the song with just Sleepy. I didn't know that. For certain stations to play it, and so it was like, and there was no reason well, not because it crossed for over. him to be on the hook. I mean, right. excuse me, it wasn't it was his song, so there was right. no reason for him not to do it. Right. But in terms of but Financial like, opportunities Hey right. if that's how they want it man But that's usually When you cross over to pop It's like if you take A TLC record They're gonna play Waterfalls They're gonna take Lisa's rap verse off When it's pop stations They're gonna put it on When it's urban stations I mean I think that's just That's just a difference In genre You know what I mean As far as like What, what stays and what doesn't Because hip hop Has not been Now it is But hip hop was not Popular with mainstream You know until Recently, I think that also could be one of the issues is that we we started realizing that wait a minute, I don't just want to get the urban money, but we also want to get this yeah. pop money. And so, in order to do that, hip hop became extremely melodic, and you have people like Nelly and and Flo Rida and T Pain that you know. Um, but it's interesting that you mentioned PM Don because it's always been there, but that wasn't the only thing. You know right. what I mean? Like there was always those. There was always a mesh of 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 R and B and hip hop, but. I think at one point nah. now we're PM Don because they were definitely not hip hop only. Were they hip hop at all? Yes, they were. Are you sure? Well, was Arrested Development hip hop? Not really, but wow, they didn't have anywhere else for them to be. But they were they were on no, MTV were, Spring Break. Yeah, Arrested Development was their own thing. I'm not hating on them at all. I think they were a great. They were group, definitely not R and B, but they weren't hip hop either. Yes, they were. Mm. I don't and, and I don't know that they. Needed to be either They just needed to be themselves Because right. it's weird It's weird recognizing that Like seeing an artist Trying to change himself So that he can sell more records Right, right. And then seeing music An entire genre Change itself To sell more records 
That's true. But but people are going to follow where the money is. People follow money. So if you look right. at, you know, from advertising to packaging and marketing, everything works to follow where the biggest possible uh, financial break is. You know, so I mean, I think that's just the way that the music industry as a business has changed because it became uh, their opportunities opened up. Now you can be a commercial, you can be a commercial artist, which has the opportunity for sponsorship and branding. And if you're just an urban hip hop artist without a commercial pop following, you don't have those same opportunities. Let's, so, let's be clear. There is no such thing as this, the latter. Right. Which there, that, that's gone. Right. All right. there is now is a commercial artist. There is no Sugar you're, Hill Gang. You're, you're a commercial <laughs> artist because it's not about your music. It's about how much money you can make across the table on another deal. Mm-hmm. The music just sets you up. It puts you in a place right. to, to get that deal. The people who are making money off music have to be independent because there's no money in it otherwise. So right. all the other artists who are great artists, they find that that niche market or that niche market where, you know, their listeners like quality or they like flow or they like whatever and they just rock with that. But every other artist that's out here is the first artist you said, the commercial artist. Right. That's all that there is left if you want to make money. Right. No, and I don't see anything wrong with the artist getting money. Right. But I think as a as a culture and an art form, we still have a responsibility to reach back and to pull somebody else up. Right. Because you're not going to be hot forever. You're not. You're not. But speaking of hot, so our guest that we have coming up in a few minutes, I want to make sure that we give a lot of respect to all the different records he has out and all the different um, hot artists that he has touched. I think does anyone have? I think we have a list of like the songs that he has coming out. Or that he's done this summer. He's had a blockbuster summer. 2016 has definitely belonged to the honorable C note. He's kind of oh, written yeah. a soundtrack for the summer. So Com- coming out, I mean, having well, actually, the Travis the Travis Scott record already dropped right uh, way back. But he's got Gucci Man, Rick Ross. Um, I'm on a new level. Meek Meek Mills. And that's, uh, that record is crazy right yeah. now. And uh, the ones he's he's already done, of course, New Level is one of them um, mm-hmm. with Future and ASAP Ferg. Uh, Two Chains and Lil Wayne smells like money. Yo Yo Gotti. <laughs> he got a couple of, couple of records on Yo Gotti's album. Uh, Migo say some Kodak Black. Can I? And the list goes on and on. Yeah. So that's, I mean, you know, producers, I think they're in, they they are, they have to be the trendsetters. They have to be the people that know what people are looking for because the artist is going to come in there. The artist's job to me is very, um, they're going to talk about what they know. They're going to bring their own own kind of flavor to it. <laughs> right. But, but it's, I, I, it's, I brought back a story, um, or not necessarily a story, just a lot of stories. Because a lot of times, what artists do is they'll come in the studio and they'll have no idea how to how to articulate what they want. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, the producer's job is to figure out what the hell all this ball of confusion <laughs> should be saying on this record, right? And then make something, or either bring something off his hard drive that fits into whatever the hell it was that artist is tweaking off of right and right. that's and that's that artist changing too because one thing that i hear producers saying and and i think i think c note has, has said this before as well like the worst thing that an, an artist can do to a producer is say i want a song like, that sounds like god such and such and they right. do artists do that all, all the, time. the time all the time Out shows, mocho, yeah, I need that. Jesus, peace, cop that rose gold necklace freezing. Backwoods roll down, no, I can't see shit. Tight to get that check, then blow it for no reason. I'm so high, I'm a my, I'm so high, I don't wanna come die. I see people on the grind. I'm so high, I don't wanna come die. Being washed up, feel eyes on, it's the season Pull up on my jeweler, nigga, got my neck gleaming Check your girl phone, bitch, she got my shit streaming They ain't got my money when I show up, bitch, I'm leaving Wait till I sign a new deal, man, I'm gon' fuck it up Buy that pussy deep, I can probably drive a truck in that Turn my waist trainer, bitch, you know you got that Tommy tough It don't even matter, cause you working hard, they regular Let us success, I'm I'm a client, yeah, yeah. Lost a lot of close friends, stupid crying, yeah, yeah. I don't know them fuck, nigga, not a dying, yeah, yeah. Made a way from the bottom of the grind, yeah, yeah. So 
doubt shows, mocho, yeah, I need that. Jesus, peace, caught that rose gold necklace freezing. Backwoods roll down, no, I can't see shit. Tight to get that check, then blow it for no reason. I'm so high, I'm a my, I'm so high, I don't wanna come die. I see people on the grind. I'm so high, I don't wanna come die. Get money all the time, stack that up, make a million, I'm a right. ATL, Neon, Dion, in the prime. Dirty bird, all my people keep them flying. Boy, I see her by my door, me like I don't play that shit. Soon I walk up in the club, DJ gon' play my shit. You can't show me on my door, I'm like nigga, away that shit. SS, pretty feet, so my me gon' spray that shit. If I see it and I want it, I'ma get it. I'ma get it. Try everything, yeah, I'm committed. That was Scotty ATL with So High here on the 9010 Road. So let's see, let's see what he has to say. Uh, we're going to get ready to welcome the Honorable C-Note. So I think we wanted to just kind of start out talking about the fact that you've had an amazing summer. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, amazing summer. And, you know, I know people have heard of you before now, but you really got the streets talking a lot uh, right about now. So, first of all, I want to definitely welcome you to the show. All right, thank you. Thank you. How are everybody doing? Y'all good? Very well, sir. Yeah. Well, yo, matter of fact, because... uh, because you've been blowing up, and, and matter of fact, because you've been working uh, as, as a while, and I think you've really, well, you talked a little bit before about how you've developed your, your sound and, and creating something that is this lasting. Um, what, I, I, guess, I guess my question is like, what kind of trial and error do you go through in trying to develop a sound? Like, do you put one sound for one artist or is it your sound that you kind of make fit for other artists? Uh, It's more of my sound fitting for other artists. You know, um, when you're going into, you know, being creative with an artist, like some people tell you things like, I want a song like this or I want a song like that. I never was happy with that. You know, I never, like, I never wanted to work like that. I just really wanted to make beats and, like, you rap over it and, I'm going to, like, find the best sounds to make my sound as big as possible. Like, I want to I wanna inspire the world. I don't want to be like it. You know what I'm saying? Dig that. Right. Well, let me, let me, let me, let's go back a little bit further, I guess, because we know right now you have, you're working with a lot of artists, but what was your preparation that led you to this place? Or do you play instruments? Or what all goes into the Honorable C-Note sound? Uh, my sound is really struggle. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's really all I had at one moment in my life. It's like all I had was music. So instead of bitching and complaining about life, I guess it's through my music. Instead of just going and knock somebody's head off, you know, I usually put it towards my music. That's why some of my music is so aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I have that in me. You know what I'm saying? But I just, I choose to let it out a different way. And it's, it's, it's kind of like... um. Like, I would say, like, how Mozart was back in the day. He an artist. Like, I'm an artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to be too many of my beats that keep sounding the same. It might have, like, same, some of the same instrumentation, but it's always going to be different. Cause I wreck my brain trying to come up with just different stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When would you say was the, the moment you re- you realized, like, music is what I want to do? Like, when did, you, when did the bug bite you? I had it since I was a kid. I knew I knew that's what I was gonna do. Ever since a kid, I knew the I knew I was gonna do music, and that's like teenagers ago. And you know, you start getting older. You know, we started dealing in with the streets, and a couple of my homeboys they got locked up and got time, and a lot of stuff happened. So you know, it was like it's either that or music for me, because you know I wasn't interested in going to school or anything like that. So I knew it's just music. I just had to sacrifice everything for music. So that's what I did. Like I just it wasn't no B. It's just A. Word And matter of fact With your sacrifice there Like did you I, I guess go through a, I guess you went through A process of self-discovery um, And like I don't know If you always felt like Being a producer Was it for you If you tried to rap Or manage Or do anything else I mean I tried to rap oh, I'm not I'm not even trying to rap Like I rap 
You know what I'm saying? I can put song. I can put great songs together. Actually, I got a, a cartoon by the name Bloody Freddy. It's on. It's on the um. It's on YouTube. Look it up, man. It got like 1.3 million views, and it's just me acting like Freddy Cougar rapping. Oh, wow. Like I can rap. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I could put songs together, but I knew that. If every nigga in the hood rapping, I'll probably have a better chance making beats. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? True. Right. So we were talking, um, Brian and I were trying to figure out earlier because where your where your name came from. So honorable C note, my first thing was C note like on the music scale. His first thing was C note like, like money. Yeah, money. So which one which one was it or if either and where did it come from? Uh C note arrived from like my brother. He went to um he, he came home from summer school. It was like, yo, man, I'm going to start calling you Ceno. This is like fourth grade. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, we, he started calling me, you know, Ceno. You know, that's my, my brother. And so when I started producing, I had a, a record label back at home in Michigan called Self Made Records. And I produced, like, the majority, not majority, all of the records. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of the, everything in Ben Harbor, I was producing at one, one time. I was just doing everything. And so people would be like, yo, your beats don't sound the same, man. It's kind of different, man. It's something different. We gonna... So my brother was like, uh, we're going to call you Honorable Ceno. We're going to put Honorable in front of it. So it was nothing that I named myself. It was just, you know, people start, you know, that's the, how they express themselves towards me. So I just kept it, like Honorable Ceno. Tell us about a studio session with the Honorable Ceno. Is it women everywhere? Is it real loud? Or is it quiet and focused? Yeah, it's it's real quiet and focused. Actually, man, what it is is like uh like my day to day like making beats. I would probably I call them jump shots. You know, I put them on my on my on um, what is that Snapchat? I put them on my Snapchat sometimes. Um, it's just really me trying to find. Like I still haven't found it yet. I'm trying to find something. Like you know what I'm saying. In the process, I make beats and I send it off. Like the sound that I'm looking for, I ain't found it yet. But within finding it, I mean, within searching for it, I develop a whole lot of things that a lot of people take and use in their beats today. But it's like I'm not, I'm, I'm always looking for something new. Like, like so, yeah, it's kind of scatterbrained because I start on the beat and then go to a next beat and go to a next beat. And that's because I'm trying to find something special. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, you know, that's basically like, that's C-Note. That's C-Note the producer. And that's, no, that's C-Note the beat maker. Now, see, you know, the producer, like, if you was in an artist, what I do is I just make a loop and tell you to rap over it, and I'll fix it later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I built the song up around their vocals. Right. Yeah, okay. So, matter of fact, let me ask you this, because a as a producer, I, I think, especially when you're the only producer around a bunch of artists, you, you have to, I guess for lack of a better term, make beats this happy, this appealing to everybody. And so I'm curious about how you approach your business and, and selling your beats then versus doing it now. I mean, back then, um, like coming up, it was more of a, a, a barter system. Like, you know, it went, when I first got to Atlanta, it was real plentiful. Like, you know what I'm saying? Athletes were spending money because they had record labels. This was back in 07. So the money was coming, but then after a while, it was just like niggas didn't want to pay for beats no more. So I had to, that's, that's an adjusting beat. Like, I don't know what was going on, but I, I wasn't really getting no clientele. Like, it was just messed up for me. That was around the time um, KE on the track was killing it. You know what I'm saying? I've been I've been through Atlanta for over 10 years. So, I like, for a decade, I've seen the music in Atlanta. And, you know what I'm saying? I studied that. So, um. So basically, what I what I was saying, like I'm trying to like, so back then I, I had to adjust was the barter, right? You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. you do this, and I you know I could do this for you, that. But then after a while, man, like that wasn't like paying for my pocket, so I just went and got me like you know a manager that actually knew you know how to handle things. So I just let him handle it. Now I don't even talk about money. Yeah, we know your manager. Your manager definitely doesn't play games. <laughs> does does that um does having a manager allow you to cuz before if you're doing it all yourself, you kind of you know, you you probably go in there, you're working with an artist, but you know that there's the stress of having to figure out how this is going to get paid or even if you barter something, if the song blows up, you know, is that barter going to be be worth it later? So does having I mean, a, uh, 
Well, when you bartering, man, I'm not saying say do something stupid like give away your publishing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. And on, I ain't never bartering no publishing. Right, right. You know, it's, it's something simple like, hey, I'm going to do this for you and I need you to come through and do this for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. More stuff like that. It's more, you know, just building a friendship, basically. Right. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes when the when the song blows up, the friendship seems very small later. When you have some producers have done that and the song blow up and becomes a hit single and all of a sudden, you know, people feel like they should be there should be retribution and there's not. So how is having a manager, you know, what would you say to up and coming producers out there about how to pick a manager and how to know like what's a good fit for you and then how that's gonna affect your career later? I say if you're doing rap, you have to find you an aggressive manager. You can't really have a passive manager uh, in this in this type of business because it's not a passive game. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, you know what I'm saying? You have to get somebody that knows what they're talking about and not scared to to walk up to a giant and hey, the demand, you know, was rightfully yours. So not not going ain't nothing going to be popping for you. Right. Basically, what it is. Now, maybe in a pop world, it might be different. But this, you know, you're dealing with like especially in trap music alone. But I got, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just coming up. I'm not saying, like, for now, but, like, coming up, that's how it kind of was. So that's kind of how I analyzed it. But now I just say, yes, get you get you a manager that just knows what he's talking about. And you'll know when he's for you. Right, right. <clears throat> well, let's let's switch to his music because you got so much going on right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start with one of the most probably creative things. I know you got a lot going on in the charts with, with some, some hot artists right now, but you also have some placements on... Empire um, with Breezy. Talk to us a little bit about those placements and, and, and what you think of her as an artist. Man, Breezy as an artist is dope. I always knew Breezy was dope. You know, Breezy is a personal friend of mine. Breezy used to cut my hair. Wow. Breezy cut <laughs> hair like she dope. And she one day she came to me, she was just like, yo, you know, I rap. Meek Mill, my favorite rap. You know, you know, uh, send me beats or something. I, I just dig her, man. She just seemed cool. So usually I don't be giving beats, you know, just to anybody. But I'm like, you know what? I'm mess with you, homie. So, you know, I gave her some beats. And, like, two years later, she hit me like, yo, bro, don't tell nobody. I just landed a uh, role on Empire. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, yeah, send me some beats. So I just flooded like, huh, turn up. And that's how that came about. It was just a personal relationship. That's from move, just moving around and having, you know, your network is your network. Yeah. So in terms of networking at different events and industry events in Atlanta, are you a person who goes after and, and like networking specifically with certain people or certain types of people, or you just kind of go with the flow? Um, As far as networking goes, like going to, going to events, yeah, as far as events go, I really don't go to a lot of events because that's just like the artist in me, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm like a, a a great people's person like that. So I don't, I don't really go out like that. I usually meet people just being in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. being there working, being in the environment that people come to. That's how I kind of network. Well, that's interesting then, because sir, for, for our listeners who are trying to get on as producers, what advice do you have for them then to to Get on. I mean, everybody has their story, but you know, if you could go back and change some things about maybe how you got on, what way would you, you know, would you guide one of these new producers in, into getting on? I really want to change nothing, man. The only thing I would, I would probably say is keep God first and work. I work everybody. Just work. Like you never know what's gonna be what. Like at the end of the day, you never. I never seen nobody lose working. That's so instead real. of complaining, like sometimes people lose focus. Like you'll look at all the distractions around you and not focusing on one thing. And the main thing is work. Like, okay, this person is winning right now. And you might be envying that and you wasting time envying that. Well, all you got to do is work because your time will eventually come. If you work hard enough and find out what you need to do. It's about, to me, it's about catching blessings, really. Yeah. So what, what, is, what, would, what would be your definition of work for a producer? Say as a producer that is just starting out, because you don't really know if your stuff is hot because everybody thinks their stuff is hot. You don't know until other people start co-signing it. So if you're working, what can they do? What can a, what can an up-and-coming producer do to hone their skills so that they know that they're working and headed in the right direction to get to that level of success? Find somebody beats you like and try to beat them. That's how you do it. Like I, I That's how I did it. Like I looked up to Kanye West. I looked up to Just Blaze. And this one when the rock was going crazy. And I learned how to sample all that because of them. Just because I 
I did look up to them, but I wanted to beat them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to, like, do better beats than Just Blaze or do better beats than Kanye. I still ain't did that yet. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those classic, timeless records. Like, they're going to come. But right now, I just, like, my music is aggressive. It's, it's, it's a whole bunch of stages to it. Cool. It's not just one. You know what I'm saying? What's, what's the favorite record that you got on the radio that's yours right now? I don't even. I, I guess new. I guess you could say. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like, like I don't even really know what's on the radio because I'm I'm like twenty records up. Like I got so many records coming out. Like I like new level is like by far the best reaction I got from one of my records. Like when I when I see how they at react for those C's, they lose their mind over that over that shit. It's just like yo, that's what I really really like intended to do, and I did it. Now I need to do it some more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's the artist that you have the most chemistry with? We know that you, you know, you got you, you got a lot of folks that are like, you know, hot from Future to Thug and ASAP. But who's who's your favorite artist to to vibe with that you think y'all just have a great chemistry and make great great music together? Mm. I, I like vibing with everybody. everybody. They on those special vibes, but as far as like, like letting me do what I want to do, like really produce, like Gucci, Gucci he just rap and be like, see, you know, do what you do, and I, I, I like that. That's and the artists that I work with, I really like having a hand in everything, like how the song is formed. Oh, uh, you shouldn't say this on this verse. Do this, you know what I'm saying? Just ask letting up. As, as far as letting, you know what I'm saying? Like if you have a producer in a studio, would you let them do your job. Like, come up with your stuff, but let them do their job too. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. So who who's on the horizon? Who's next? It can be somebody you work with or somebody that you just see popping out outside. Who who's next? As uh, far as artists, of course the the team. I got Zeb Solar and I got Michael Stokes. That's who I'm stamping. That's who I'm going with. That's who I'm rocking with, and that's that's who I see because a lot of people that I uh, let hear their music, man, it's just the the reaction has been priceless. So I just want to press that and, and just bring something different. It's still big and still in tune with today's music, but it's still different. It's still its own lane. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. That's cool. So, any all right, if people want to get in touch with you or they want to find out more, where can, where can we find you at? Where can our listeners look up more information on the Honorable C-Note? That's what it is. It's at Honorable C-Note. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat is at Honorable C-Note. Well, Snapchat is at Honorable Ceno Five, but anything else is just at Honorable Ceno. It's real simple. So it's four other Honorable Cenos on Snapchat fucking with your game, huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, it's all good though. It's all love, man. I remember days I used to pray for that though. I don't be tripping. That's real. True. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out. We, you know, people want to get at you, but if people want to find out about how they can pay for beats, we know they got to get at Tricky Business Worldwide. <laughs> Don't holler at Tricky. <laughs> That's what's up. We appreciate you taking the time out. Much love and respect, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Love. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. Visit us at the9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.